Welcome to today's Community Cast. My name is Matt Morgan. I'm the pastor at Community Brookside, a new church plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are so blessed by your presence, and we hope that today's content will bring you joy. This morning, I want to read some scripture to you. It comes from the book of Matthew, which is in the New Testament, uh, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And this comes from the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to dive a little bit more deeply into the Sermon on the Mount over the next few weeks and a couple other great scriptures where Jesus begins to really open our eyes. Our sermon series uh, this for the next few weeks is going to be called Fifty Shades of Grey, and we're going to be learning about how Jesus shows up in a world that wants to be black and white and shows, uh, shows us that if we don't see in shades of gray, we're missing something pretty big. So this morning, I want to read from Matthew to you this morning. You can follow along on the screen. And here's what it says for us today. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So as we saw on that video, our laws come from a lot of places in the Old Testament where God just kind of begins to set up his kingdom on earth and what he expects his people to look like and how he expects them to treat one another and to live with one another. There's a lot of really interesting things that that many of you may or may not know about what the Bible says about even what we eat and the clothes that we wear. There are some really intricate laws in our Old Testament. In our world, wouldn't it be easy if just everything was like super black and white, right? If there was just like a law and and you just, you can't break it because if you do, then we know there's a, a repercussion, we know there's a problem, but oftentimes, right, there's always a little bit of gray area, right? Um, I'm going to play a game with you. The game we're going to play is called Sin or Not Sin, and I'm going to need everybody to participate with me on this because I want to hear some opinions. So let me ask you this question. Is, and be honest, do you think that watching a rated R movie is sinful? Depends. Wait, I, no, that's not, no. It's a yes or no question. Is watching a rated R movie sinful? Some people, yes. Anybody, no? 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 Okay, so, good call. For you, absolutely, yes. So here's the deal. If we think, if some of us in this room think that rated R movies are are sinful, what about The Passion of the Christ? So The Passion of the Christ is a movie about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that because of its graphic nature is a rated R film. Surely it's not sinful to watch a rated R film about the savior of the world, right? A little bit of gray caught you on that one. What about speeding in your car? Sin or no sin? No? (laughs) Now, honestly, I expected Gage to be the first one to say that. Speeding, yes or no? Sin or no sin? No sin? Yes? Yes? Anybody else know? We would love to just say no, right? 
nope, sinning, sinning uh, or speeding is not a sin. I would love that that were the case, but I'm pretty sure that we, if we speed, we are breaking an actual law. And Jesus tells us that the laws of man are important, so much so that even in the temple, when we're talking about temple taxes, Jesus says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? So he recognizes that the government is something that we have to have. Some of us don't like it. But if we break laws, is that sinful? No. Okay, so somebody shifted her opinion. And that's okay. So now, what if? Those of you who think that speeding is a sin, now I will tell you a story. Um, When Nicole and I were first dating, the very first time she came to a church that I was working at, uh, we had what was called a a birthday celebration lunch after church. And so uh, down in Fellowship Hall in this really old church on the bottom floor, we put out like, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 different tables. And at each table, there was a month that represented your birth month. I, we had more people than 12 tables, right? So we had to make a couple extras. Uh, and so you would sit with people who shared your birth month. And so because Nicole was my guest very first time, and I'm going to trip on that and fall in the pool. Um, <laughs> people are excited about that. All right. Um, because Nicole was my guest and her birthday is only a month after mine, I decided, you know what, just come and sit with me at my September. September is my birth month, if you're interested. Um, <laughs> gifts aren't necessary. Um, So I just had her sit with us, and there was a gentleman at our table who went on this really long rant about how uh, people, he just was thinking about this and wanted to share with the whole world, that people who sped were going straight to hell. And I was very confused, because I didn't remember reading that anywhere in Scripture. Uh, But, you know, he just kind of went off on this tangent about how people who speed are going to hell. Now, let me be very clear. If your wife is in labor and actively giving birth in your car on the way to the hospital my suggestion would be to go a little quicker to get her there. Uh, I I have been on the edge of that when Nicole was giving birth to Levi. Uh, We made it just in time for her to be uh, getting that epidural. And dear Lord, I I drove her up to the front door, dropped her off. She got out of the car, kind of waddled into the hospital. And when I parked the car and when I came in, I see my wife sitting like holding her belly in the floor of the hospital. And eventually she just rolled over and laid on the floor like she was ready for birth. And had I not been, you know, accelerating to an appropriate speed, um, we might have missed the window to get the epidural and I would have been in big trouble. So while the law does say, yes, speeding is a sin, well, speeding is wrong, I think there are sometimes some gray areas where speeding is acceptable. If a police officer pulled you over and saw that your wife was in labor, that police officer would probably escort you above the speed to the hospital, right? So sometimes there are some exceptions to the rules. Not every case. Let me be very clear. What about being angry? Is angry, being angry, is that a sin? No? 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 What? Stephen, you're raising your hand. What is it? Yeah. So Jesus says, and we'll, we'll go over this a little bit more. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, if you've heard it said that uh, murder is wrong, right? But Jesus expounds on that and says, well, any of you who is angry with his brother is just as guilty as somebody who's murdered. 
Anybody want to rephrase? Anybody want another chance on, is, is being angry sinful? That's tough to hear. But, but what if you're angry at injustice? What if you're angry at racism? What if you're angry about something that is righteous? Jesus got angry, right? And we believe that Jesus is sinless and perfect. I think it's about the intentions behind your anger. What about divorce? Is divorce sinful? This is where it gets tricky. Yes and no? Depends on the reason? That's, this is a hard thing, right? And, and so I, we're going to stop this because I feel like some, some of us, this gets a little close to home. But we want to have a world that's just full on black and white. Yes, something is sinful. No, something is not sinful. And Jesus repeatedly shows up in, in, in situations in scripture where, where sin is happening. And Jesus says, instead of punishing somebody, instead of condemning somebody, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to show grace. Jesus shows up in the gray areas and changes thought patterns, changes lives. There are some great stories in Scripture that we're going to go over over the next few weeks. But I want to be very clear that in our world, there are some things that we do believe are black and white. Things especially involving our faith that are foundational and don't ever change. So hear me when I say this. There are creeds that we have, not just as United Methodists, not just as, uh, you know, this, this satellite church, a First Methodist church, but instead there are, are, are uh, creeds that we believe are foundational and so important they are the bedrock of our faith. Some of you might know this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. It's the Apostles' Creed. We believe that there's truth in that. For all people who call themselves believers in Christ, that, my friends, is black and white. That should be written on our hearts. John Wesley, the founder of our faith, has uh, been attributed this incredible quote. It is this, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. There are some things like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, where we talk about the importance of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the, how Jesus came to show us what true love was, who died, resurrected, and changed the entire world. Those things are foundational, and those things will never, ever change. Those are things that we as believers in Christ should be able to agree on without, without much controversy. But there are some things that we as Christians are going to disagree on, whether speeding is a sin. 
whether the words that we say, gosh darn it, whether those are appropriate or not. But what we should never disagree on is the person of Jesus Christ. Billy Graham, does everybody know that name? Billy Graham, one of the greatest televangelists in all the world, shared the gospel with, I don't know, a billion people. God, I just pray that God would use us to do something like that, right? Billy Graham, on some of his crusades, uh, would share this word picture. He says, the Bible actually uses a number of examples to illustrate what sin looks like. For example, the Bible tells us that sin is like an archer who misses the target. He draws back his bow and he sends the arrow on its way. But instead of hitting the bullseye, veers off course and misses the mark. The arrow may only miss it by a little bit. Or it may miss it by a great deal. But the result is the same. The arrow doesn't land where it's supposed to. I think it's a beautiful picture of what sin looks like. I think, we, I think for all of us, there is a lot of good in humanity, and all of us are aiming towards the same thing. We love our neighbor, right? Like, we love our friends. We, we do our best to follow the laws and the rules of God, but sometimes, sometimes we miss the mark. Sometimes it's just by a little tiny bit, and other times it's by a wide margin. But the great news is that stories in the New Testament Show us that Jesus shows up when we miss the mark and gives us grace. And you know what? We don't deserve it. But he shows up and reminds us that even though we've missed the mark, there's hope for us. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything about us. This morning, the greatest example that we'll see is the fact that through baptism, the old us, the us that doesn't even recognize what sin is, the old us that's kind of trapped in the midst of the law, the old us that doesn't recognize Jesus, the old us passes away. And as we come up out of the water, we receive a new life in Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to encourage you that over the next few weeks, tune in because we're going to be diving into some stories that sometimes we've talked about, sometimes we haven't, and are probably going to challenge a lot about the way you think. Today's going to be a great day for us to watch Jesus change lives. Amen? Let's pray together. Gracious Lord Jesus, where we have missed the mark, we pray that you would show up. God, where we have fallen short of doing things that glorify you, when we deserve punishment, you instead show us grace. God, continue to work in us and work on us so that we can receive the power of your Holy Spirit 
God, transform us from the inside out. Make us look like Jesus to the world. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for new life. We thank you for meeting us in this dark world and bringing a different perspective. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you for the gift of new life. These things we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Community Cast. We hope that you were blessed by today's conversation. If you'd like to know more about Community Brookside, please feel free to visit us at our website, communitybrookside.com, or find us on your favorite social media outlet. We hope to hear from you soon. Be blessed.